This episode is so special. Tyler Fares is a producer in Redding, California, who recently just put out a documentary about the, the mismanagement of water in California. It's on tour right now, and we're really excited to see where it ends up. But Tyler's story goes way back to when he was delivering pizza, living in a trailer, and had a vision to do the things he's doing today, using real estate as a vertical of income to help him go from where he was to where he's at today. So I think you're going to love this story. There's tons of tactics and wisdom for you. Please watch this episode. Hey, this is the Money Hole Podcast. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and comment so more people can hear these stories. Thank you guys so much for your support. And today I'm here with my good friend, Tyler, Tyler Ferris. How's it going? I saying your name right? Ferris? Yeah, Ferris. Known you a long time and I always question myself when it comes out. It's the spelling. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, thanks for being here. I had to ask you to be on my podcast to, to hang out because we're both so busy now. Yeah. But life has changed a lot and you've got an awesome story and- I, I remember when I first met you, you were, I don't know how long you had been in the uh, production world, but it was, it was somewhat newish for you. Um, but the reason you and I connected was because you were also saw the value in creating passive income and buying real estate, mm -hmm. you know, which isn't typical for a lot of people in your field and, or any field for that matter. And so, so we always like to talk about people's stories because I just think that so many people can get wisdom and experience from hearing people's process and their mindset, their motivation, you know, turning points where, so what I'd be interested in hearing, because I actually don't know this part about you is like, did you always think that when I grow up, I'm going to buy real estate? No, <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> I'd love to hear how you got to that point. Yeah. So when I went to film school, I was down in the industry in, uh, down in the Bay Area and, or sorry, down in um, LA mm -hmm. and just didn't really jive with that, that location too much. Being from here, families from here, just like the pace of life here. So mm -hmm. ended up- I hear it's better now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> finished film school, uh, decided to move back up here. And then I, I realized I, I didn't want to, I was working at Domino's. I was delivering pizzas. So that was the last real job I had. And just decided, hey, I gotta, I gotta figure out how to do this because it was killing me. Mm -hmm. So um, started my video uh, production company and actually lived in a trailer for three years. Single wide or double wide? There's a difference. Single wide, fifth okay, wheel. That's it's a real trailer, bro. Fifth wheel, yeah, it's a real trailer. Yeah, twenty three foot though, you know. So oh, it's a little bigger. Yeah. So uh, lived in that thing for three years and saved it to buy my first house. And then from there, I just realized that if I lived like I was, which is fill it full of roommates and have no mortgage, essentially, then I could keep doing that. Because with the film business, I was self-employed. So yeah. the idea of no retirement, no, yeah. Eat what you kill. Go. Yeah. Yeah. So it just kind of went from there. I just saw the value in it. I saw that I could do it. Um, yeah. I was scrappy. So. Yeah. So you went from delivering pizza to creating uh, videos for people and you went from a trailer to buying a house. Mm -hmm. That's a really cool story. Yeah. It's like the American story, man. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And then at some point, I don't think I met you around that time. It was a little bit later. 
you started, you know, you got into that journey. Well, let me ask you this. What was it other than you didn't want to be delivering pizza the rest of your life? It's a hard way. There's nothing wrong with delivering pizzas, but it doesn't pay very well. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it for you that made you interested in the idea of passive income? I think it was really keeping my costs low. That mm-hmm. was the big thing. Like, how can I do what I want to do? I've, been tra- I've traveled all over the world. How can I do that while still maintaining a video business in Reading? Like, yeah. It's not massive income. So figuring out the extra ways to spread that out and have essentially other people work yeah. for me um, worked out really well. So yeah. that's kind of where I went. Um, and just followed, continued that path. Yeah. So, yeah, real estate is one of those places, you know, when we think about verticals of income, you know, when you're in your first 10, 15 years of a career, you really can't branch out and do a lot of other things. You kind of have to go all in on something if you're going to do it well. And so real estate is one of those things that people earlier in their career, can take a small amount of money because of leverage and can create additional income without having to get into a whole nother career. Um, but you know, it is, and, and it still is the believe, believe it or not. I mean, the numbers today, they're not what they were, um, especially in States like California, but there are still deals out there if people are willing to look and educate themselves. So, so you, so you got that house and then, I know you started looking at commercial property and your business grew. Kind of take us up to current. Yeah. Because obviously you're you're doing some amazing things now and you've had quite the journey. Yeah. I, I think I had an eye for it too. I think that was, mm-hmm. I, I could see opportunities ahead of other people. You walk into a house and you're like, okay, I, th- I think this can be the one. Yeah. Find the good price, make the good deal, shake the hand and not get into the whole, you know, paperwork of it. Yeah. So you know, at this point, I bought a commercial building downtown Reading. Yeah. So 6,000 square foot commercial building. I bought that in 2016. So that and, long ago now? Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. And so now I have like five five properties and mm-hmm. a commercial building. Yeah. And it's working out really well. It's taking a long time, you know, but yep. it's been it's been good. Yeah. No, I'm so happy for you, man. So let's talk a little bit about how your business has grown. Um, you know, a lot of the people that hear your name, you know, you're kind of like, we were talking before the podcast that it was, I'm lucky to have you here. Cause you prefer being behind the camera and, you know, helping people produce something, but mm-hmm. you're, you're, it's really interesting. You said something early on, you said being a producer in Reading, the limitations of that, but I would say now, just based on what you're doing and some of the other guys we know, like there's there's some pretty incredible things coming out of Reading, you know. So tell us a little bit about like what you're working on today because you're doing something really exciting right now. Yeah, it's it's one of the benefits I think of being here that you can do anything, live more affordably, and be creative and have that extra time and that space to really mm-hmm. you know pause. Yeah, which is really nice. Um, and so, uh, right now I'm working on feature documentaries. That's my main focus. Um, still doing, uh, corporate work, still doing big commercial clients to fund these other yep. fun projects. Yep. But, um, uh, right now we just released our, uh, latest documentary. Um, it's in the film festival circuit right now called acid canal. It's all based on, uh, water management in California with kind of a 
focus on the Anderson Cottonwood Irrigation District mm-hmm. and what that community went through last year um, with having no water to their entire district after 108 years. So pretty wild story. Got to follow that for about 15 months and put everything together. And that's now running with film festivals. And then we're looking at distribution. But for me, it's like, how can I find more funding to do more of these projects? Yeah, Because it's purely projects out of curiosity for me. Mm-hmm. Like this sounds really interesting. I'm really excited about it. it. Gets me energized. So I need to figure out how to do that yep. and then turn it around and communicate that yeah. bigger picture to the public. Yeah. Some of my friends, they, they get surprised every now and then I'll pull up some of the videos we did, but we, we did some great hunting videos too. Yeah. Yeah, they turned out really good. I yeah. watched one the other day. I was like, I hadn't seen it for years. I was like, dang, that was pretty good. It was a fun time for yeah. sure. Diving into kind of it was an interesting bridge too between our two personalities. Yep. You know, me fighting for one side and you fighting for the other side, and we kind of blended together to mm-hmm. make this really cool. Like it was a ten minute. Yeah, and it was a good story. I mean, that's the thing. That's what I love about Caleb Marmaleo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is he's he's so interested in the story. It's all about the story, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, because anyone can, I mean, not anyone can f- film. I'm not trying to say that, but the cameras are easier to use these days. Absolutely. And just because you buy a high dollar camera doesn't mean you have something, you you, you know, the story is so important. And so, so yeah, I love what you've done, man. I've always been a huge fan of yours. So this documentary, I mean, you touched on it, but it's a little controversial, right? Somewhat. Somewhat. I mean, basically we had... I mean, just like a lot of things, it it comes down to politics in California, you know, and unfortunately, the people with more power usually have more position. And so when are, when are we going to be able to see that film? And where are you at with the distribution? Do you have anything that's official yet where the average person will be able to watch it? So right now it's doing the film festival. So okay. after 2020, a lot of the film festivals went digital. So virtual screenings, they also have the in-person, but that's opened up a lot more opportunity to see some of these indie films, which Mm -hmm. is super cool. Uh, We were just in a film festival in San Francisco and it was 10 days of online virtual screenings. And I saw all kinds of cool films that you won't be able to see for a year or two. So um, that's kind of where we're at now, but we're expecting that once we finish our film festival cycle, which will probably be summer of this year, then we'll be close to distribution then it'll be out in the, to the public in whatever form i don't know i'm still waiting to find out but. are you getting good feedback or ha- have you had any yeah powerful players contact you guys since it's gotten out there we've been able to connect with some really cool people um some different we talked to cnn films um which actually dissolved recently but we've talked mm. to uh we're kind of coordinating with a couple documentary filmmakers in new york that are we're you know, talking about a project over here. So some good uh, open doors, but this is my first feature. So I'm really positioning this film as a um, kind of the next, like a stepping stone for me. Mm-hmm. Cause now it's, it's proven I can do it. I can spend over a year on a project and now searching for that next big one and funding for that next thing. So that's so cool. Yeah. I'm excited to see where you go from here. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your family, man. I mean, when we first met, you were single. Mm-hmm. I think I was recently married. Mm-hmm. 
and we we were all ta- we were always talking about like, hey man, I was always giving you when are you gonna get married and and now your life's totally different. Tell us about your family. Yeah, so uh, Tara and I got married uh, during COVID, which was exciting. Oh, seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> a lot yeah. of people did it. Yeah. So uh, and we have a two year old now. So Quillen, my son, is super fun. He's past. I keep telling people he's past the blob phase. So he's just. This super, is where it gets fun. Super personality. Yep. Just the other day, I was telling my brother this morning. The other day, he he looked over at me. He's like, "You're my best friend, Dad." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." Oh my gosh, man! <laughs> I'll take a There's screen. Liter- literally nothing better than that. Yeah. So it's like it's super exciting. We're it's really, super hard, really but happy. it's super fun. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah raising kids has been the best thing and the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Like right now, currently it's really hard, Sure, but it's still, you'd never trade it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So, yeah. so, um, what's, so are you, are you now in a position where you can start more often going after these? Cause I remember when we filmed our hunting film that you would give, you had told me about a few dreams you had, but you were constrained from the, the having to make money. Mm-hmm. So you were doing good work, but it wasn't what you wanted to do. And so obviously your real estate journey was definitely helpful for that, you know, and um, I know you've made some really good ch- decisions there, but are you at a place with your production business where, you know, you see that this is something you can go after more and more and hopefully solely go after things that you really believe in and want to be a part of? Yeah. And I think the, the, properties, you know, that passive income is starting to pay off. I bought my first house in 2010. Mm-hmm. So it's starting to get to that point where it's a tipping point. Of, yep. I'm starting to get income every month. So what's that that's doing is giving me enough float to yeah. cover all those basic costs. Um, because about 2021, I was doing so much corporate work, making a lot of money in the medical world and just kind of got to a point where I was like, what am I doing? Like, mm-hmm. this is not what I wanted to do. Like, yep. yeah, I've got a little more money, but it doesn't change. It's actually making me more unhappy. Yeah. So that's where I realized, okay, I can leverage what I have going, just slim down a lot of our, our expenses and then invest in these larger yeah. budget films. Cause we're not, I was moving in from the $20,000 to $50,000 range to now <clears throat> half a million dollar range. And that's what we're shooting for. I wasn't going to put that number out there, but that was an expensive production, right? Yeah. 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 So, and that was, uh, it was a heavy donation from a, a nonprofit, environmental nonprofit, and then our funding. I mean, I think my uh, producer, Tom, and I made maybe 50 cents <laughs> an hour <laughs> on the project. probably cost you money. Yeah. Yeah. Could- it's, yeah. But it's been really good. And I think if I can focus on a project or two, every few years and be able to, you know, pay our bills. It's it's the creativity that fulfills me. It's not the new car or any of that stuff. Well, and that's, I mean, that's really what I love about your story, man, is when people think a lot of times with what's out there in the public eye on Instagram, when people talk about making money right now, it's consistently has either a private jet or a Lamborghini in the background. Right. And so people just get this wrong idea about why it's important to put themselves in a position where they can create wealth. It's, you know, you're a great example of someone who is the opposite of a lot of that, but you saw early on that you weren't going to be able to get to this place where you were going to be able to kind of write your own scripts, um, pun intended, 
unless you were able to create something where you did not have to have your day-to-day income come from your exchange of your time. And I just think that's so important for people to hear that. I mean, that's what I tell people every day, you know, is trying to help them understand the mentality. Because I think the, I think you would agree, the knowledge of what you've learned along the way through that journey is more valuable than buying the houses, right? Because you've learned how to do things and see things faster. Would you say that's true? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and it's given me where I'm at now, my focus has shifted so much of like, cause I was obsessed with downtown writing. Like that was my thing, right? When I bought my commercial building and now it's focused so much more and smaller to just my neighborhood mm-hmm. where the nice thing about what I'm doing is it gives me the extra time to focus on how do I get these streets repaid, the sidewalks, what can I contribute to just my block to see that future growth in that area like the cool thing about it is my son will be able to ride his bike on the sidewalks in the one of the oldest neighborhoods in reading because of the efforts and time that i put into that's so cool man so it's not the new car the the lamborghini i hope you move to my neighborhood yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's great it's i mean it's awarded me so much extra time yeah time is what it's about yeah you it it helps you buy your time back Mm -hmm. and that's the most valuable asset we all have yeah so it sounds like what you're doing is becoming really mission driven and I've always, the thing, the thing I've always liked about you, Tyler, is you've always been a very, a a man of depth. And, you know, today, what is it that drives you to, to put sidewalks in your neighborhood? I think my biggest thing has always been leaving some sort of a legacy. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a library named after me or anything like that. Or a statue. Or a statue. (laughs) Um, It's, it's, leaving the world a better place. Yeah. Like I can only make so much impact. And I think with living down in LA, that was part of my big problem is like, how am I going to make an impact here? Will, will it actually be a substantial impact? Mm-hmm. So coming back to Reading, it, it allows me to the opportunity to do that. Um, and same with my films that I'm creating. It's this new documentary I'm working on right now. The concept is all about human connectedness. How can I make a film that everyone can say, yes, I see that, I agree with that, and I've I've seen that in my life. Mm. So it's not a, I'm against you, you're against me, yeah. I have a different outlook. It's that there is something innately connected about all of us. And if I can do a little tiny, you know, changing someone's perspective mm. or opening someone's eyes or um, even somebody that con- decides to contribute to their community a little bit more, yeah. then that's awesome. Yeah, I love that, man. You know, one of the things they say in AA is focus on the similarities instead of the differences. And it's this unique world where you have a Christian, a Buddhist, an agnostic, but because they hit rock bottom and almost died and found a bunch of people who were willing to selflessly put their hand out and pick them up with no agenda, with nothing to gain, it creates this experience where it's almost like we were all on this, uh, you know, a cruise liner that sank and we survived it. So just people were just to imagine that we were all on a cruise liner together and it sank and we're the survivors. Imagine how different that would make our relationship when it comes to things like politics, money, anything like we would put that aside 
because dude, we survived together. Mm -hmm. Like we got that in common. And I, I'm so interested in knowing about you and about the values you have. I could care less what we disagree on. It doesn't matter to me. So I think that's really beautiful, man. And I think our world is desperate for people to start showing the way for for people to see each other and look for the value instead of always looking for these differences. It's, it's so crazy to me. And I, and you know, I do it too. I mean, I catch myself all the time, but I would like to say I've gotten a lot better at that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, there's a saying that I heard a long time ago, if you spot it, you got it. So if I see something in you that I don't like, it's really, it's really exposing something I probably have inside of me too. And so at least I don't say it anymore. I kind of process it. I'm like, yeah. oh, what's that say about me? Yeah. So that's really beautiful, man. Yeah. And it's cool. I mean, to work on shifting your mentality when mm -hmm. you see somebody and you're like, okay, they're they're wearing that shirt that I disagree with openly or whatever it is. Just saying, okay, where where is the commonality? What is yeah. it? And that's the cool thing is we are all connected mm -hmm. on a different level, whether that be supernatural, spiritual, scientifically. There, yep. You can always find something. We are both humans. We're human beings. Yeah. I met my sister for the first time last year. She is, um, you know, we're, we're, we're literally the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. She is totally opposite of me. And I mean, there's a lot of things that were similar, but she's into like, new age crystals. I'm a Christian and all these things. But because I did not know my sister, I was so interested in finding out about 30 years of someone I never knew. Mm -hmm. And same with her. She's a vegan, by the way. So, and when she came Just to my like house, you. I yeah. felt bad. I was like, I'm sorry about the, all the taxidermy. I, have a, yeah. I like to hunt. You know, she loves animals. So it was yeah. like, but you're like, here's two people who never knew each other for 30 years and just found out and the and we're so interested in getting to know each other that we just we talk through all that stuff, right? And and there was this point where I told her, I said, you know what's so crazy? Once I learned about her background and all the hard things she had gone through in her life, like me, I said, we're actually exactly the same. We just found different paths to try to achieve the same thing, which is getting healed mm -hmm. and becoming whole. And you're a product of your environment. I'm a product of mine. I believe what I believe is the right way. Um, but because you're my sister, I accept you for who you are and she does me. And it was really, it was such a revelation for me going through this with her about the relationship with everyone around us. It's like, man, we're all products of our environment and we're all trying to go after the same thing. Some people just go after it in really strange ways that, you know, causes problems or different ways. I think the interesting thing is we're all looking for human connection in whatever way that is. Yeah. You know, you may not be intentionally you know, pursuing the supernatural and some element or trying to understand science or our meaning of life, but you may join a biker gang because you're really into motorcycles, <laughs> right? It's the pursuit of connecting yep, to each totally. other. Yeah, Whether you a, know it's a, it or not. It's a community. Yeah. It's a brotherhood. We're all yep. looking for it. Yeah, we are. Well, that's so cool, man. Yeah. Well, I would, so you have an amazing story. I, I would love you. So if you were to sit down with someone in their 20s, that was delivering pizza right now mm -hmm. or the equivalent. And they're looking at this economy. They have these dreams in their heart. What advice would you give them with where you're at today? I think one of the things that I really wanted um, and desired, and I did have, you know, growing up in the church, I had a lot of mentors and a lot mm -hmm. of people supporting me. And that was like part of the culture, which I thought was beautiful. But I would say find somebody older than you and attach yourself to them. Somebody that inspires you, someone that you like where they're at, and just 
don't let go of them. Yeah. Figure out what you can learn from them. Yeah. Use them as an incredible support, a mentor, because that's going to give you that that extra you know leg up. Because yeah. they're going to be able to, if you select the correct person, they're going to be able to correct you. They're going to be able to guide you. They're going to be able to encourage you when you need it. And it'll get you past some of those humps a little bit faster. Yeah. I think that's a huge, as far as economically, that's a challenging question. It's, uh, that's more of a you answer. Yeah. For me, I think. I think it starts with, it starts with mentors, man. Yeah. It all starts with mentors because the economics have nothing to do with your mindset. Mm -hmm. And if you think you're going to stay in the place you're at and there's no way to get out of it, that's exactly true. Yeah. So I think it's getting around people who show you a different way to think and live that opens up that creative part of your mind. And then from there, anything is possible. And even in this economy, I say it all the time because I see it all the time. I mean, I know so many people right now that are doing incredible things and finding a way to create a difference and to be hugely profitable at the same time. So I think you're absolutely right. We actually talk about that yeah. all the time here. It's like, man, fight to find people who will show you the way. Um, I mean, just to tell you a story, my mentor, one of one of them, he literally told me last week that he's hiring John Maxwell personally to be his coach. And he told me a couple, 10 years ago or so, there was this guy, I forgot his name, but he had a TV show. He's a billionaire. He, he finally found, got on, got a call with him and he said, I want to, I want to meet you. I would like you to coach me. And he's, and he's, my friend's really super direct. And the guy's like, well, I don't really kind of, I don't really do that. He said, well, let me go to lunch with you. He's like, okay, well, I make 10,000 an hour. If you buy me lunch, it's 10,000 bucks. He flew out there, paid him $10,000 for lunch. And at the end of the lunch, he asked five questions and he told us that was not right. The coach, the right coach for me, but he is, he's such a student, man. He's like, if someone has something to offer me right now, my friend really needs to learn leadership because I think his, the way that he's done things is showed him that he needs to learn how to connect better. So he's hiring John Maxwell. And I asked him, I said, how much does that cost? He said, I don't know. Does it matter? I said, well, not to you. <laughs> it would to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Tyler, dude, thank you so much for yeah. sharing your heart and your vision for what you're doing. Um, I just, I love your story, bro. So grateful to know you and I expect to see big things, bro. Yeah. Thank you. And thanks for the encouragement and having me on here. Yeah. I appreciate you, buddy. Yeah.